Okay, how's everybody doing? It's another edition of uh, Tony and Mike's Next Adventure. And uh, well, here we go again. A lot of things to talk about. Mike, how you doing? Doing good. Did you have a good week, Tony? Yeah, it was pretty good. Wasn't bad. You know, just kind of like keeping my head above the water, doing the best we can. You know. Okay, how's everybody doing? It's another edition of uh, Tony and Mike's Next Adventure. And uh, well, here we go again. A lot of things to talk about. Mike, how you doing? Doing good. Did you have a good week, Tony? Yeah, it was pretty good. Wasn't bad. You know, just kind of like keeping my head above the water, doing the best we can. You know. Well, what is what is the unemployed life like for you? Uh, it has become uh, a lot of doing laundry. It's become a lot of uh, sweeping up, washing floors. Uh, a lot of things uh, like that, running errands. It's become a lot of that, but I don't mind. I really don't. So you the honey-do list has just gotten longer. Yeah, since more, or home less. more Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, had, I, I had kind of an emotional week this week. I, you know, if you're talking about what you were talking about on Facebook, uh, yes, I saw that. Yeah, you know, my, my, my daughter is in softball, and she's nine years old, and I'm starting to work with her a little bit more on her skills, you know, some of the things, cause I, I played baseball quite a bit in high school and whatnot. And so I just saw a few things that she could work on. And, and this week was the first time, I, I can't believe it's been this long, but the first time that for an extended period of time, I played catch with her. Uh, and uh, it was, it was one of those things where I know a lot of people have these moments with their kids and when they're older, they kind of say, boy, you know, I wish I, I wish I appreciated that more when it happened. I can tell you this. I appreciated it while it was happening. I mean, I, I had to, when the ball was coming back at me, I had to sort of, you know, concentrate a little bit more because I was getting kind of caught up in the moment. And I was, I was getting emotional, to be honest with you. And I, I remember saying after the practice to McKenna, I said, McKenna, no matter what I do with Ben and Josh sports-wise, I want you to know that you were my first child that I played catch with. And she said, well, you know, you're not going to do anything with them until I'm in high school. And I said, well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that far into the distance. And then fast forward two days from then, Tony, just in from the mouths of babes. I, I Like I said, I've been really kind of emotional over McKenna and just kind of my relationship with her and a nine-year-old girl and you know she's growing up so fast that the Billy Joel lullaby song sure. came on mm -hmm. and I said McKenna I want you to come in here and I want you to listen to this song and she's like what's this song and I said it's a song a father to a daughter and just kind of telling you that no matter where I am whether I'm here or I'm no longer here that we're always going to be together and the song was playing and she just kind of looked at me and said, can I just watch my iPad? Can I, can I watch my iPad? And I said, get out, just get out of here. Just, just, just get out of here. You've ruined the moment. Just get out of here. But you know, I mean, it went from the highs of playing catch and the wonderful part of it to the lows of her not appreciating a, a beautiful song as it's playing right in front of her uh, and whatnot. But uh, I know that you commented saying, you know, enjoy it while it lasts because it goes by so fast. And a lot of people said that, but that, that, that was certainly the highlight of my week, uh, just being able to do that and work with her a little bit more 
uh, in softball and sort of have that moment with her. Well, that's great. You know, I, I remember growing up. I remember I was about 10 years old, I guess it was, nine years old. My father and I always connected with music. We, we were always talking, connecting with music. I played in a band with him for many, many years, you know. But I remember I was about nine years old and I had a, I had a, a glove, I had a bat and all of that. But I was always terrible, always terrible at any kind of sport. So my father goes, come on, I'll take you down to the field and we'll toss the ball around. And I said, oh, okay, let's go. So we go down to the field. I think we were there for about 10 or 15 minutes. And finally, I just turned to him and I said, dad, who's kidding who? Are, are, are you kidding? Come on, let's, let's, let's just forget about this part of it and let's go home. And, and that was the extent <laughs> of my baseball career. That was pretty much it. My, my dad, I mean, I remember... I remember playing ball with my dad and it was almost pitch black outside. I mean, he, yeah. he would work all day hmm. and then he would come home after and he would go to the field and, and we didn't have the, the fancy batting cages that they have today where, you know, McKenna hits a ball, it goes right into a net. I have to take four steps to pick up the ball. My dad would pitch to me out on the field and I'd hit it way out in the field and he right. would go out there. And I remember one night coming downstairs into the basement and he was at the laundry bin bleaching baseballs so we could play later at night so we could see him, you know. And then my mom, you know, she would she wouldn't play catch with a real ball. I had to play catch with a tennis ball, but she would she would play catch and she was at every game. So, I mean, it's you know, I'm now in that stage with my kids, McKenna now, and I'm sure the boys a few years from now. But, you know, trying to be a part of every sporting activity that they they are a part of. But I, I, I think your dad would appreciate hearing that your mom will appreciate it, you know, and I know my dad and my mom will appreciate me remembering those things as a kid, because, you know, I hope that when McKenna is older, she remembers that moment, you know, playing catch and working on certain. Do you remember when your sons were born and we were talking, they, they were maybe a week old at the time. And you started talking about, and I'm going to do this with them. I'm going to do that with them. And you said, and they're going to play baseball. And I said, okay, but what if, what if they don't want to play baseball? And you got a little irritated. You were like, oh, oh no, they will play baseball. <laughs> I said, yeah, but Mike, what if they show no interest or no, I don't care. They will play baseball. <laughs> well, now that they've been on earth for five years, I, I I've softened a little bit. If they, if they don't want to play baseball, they'll be shunned for life. No, if they don't want to play baseball, then I, I understand that. But that's kind of like, that's my gig. You know, I mean, that's sure. my sure. my thing that I can help them with. If they want to go into football, I mean, I, I can't help them very mm -hmm. much. They want to go into basketball. Uh, my vertical leap is, I think, in the negatives. Sure. So, I mean, I, so, I mean, of course, I would want to have that connection. But here I am with my daughter playing softball. I mean, who, who would have thought? And now I've kind of got the bug. I I may want to coach next year if she wants to continue. So, I mean, it's, it's those types of things to sure, be a part of it, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I remember saying that, that the, yeah. that the boys will certainly play baseball and I'd like them to sure. I'd love them to, but you know, these kids, these days, they do what they want. Well, speaking of baseball, uh, we were home last night and uh, my phone was going crazy uh, after the death of Tom Seaver. Um, Mr. Met himself, the franchise, the whole nine yards, 75 years old. And uh, I, I guess 
it was COVID-19 that finally got him, but he had been suffering from Alzheimer's disease. And he was a baseball great, just as I was becoming a baseball fan. I could never play baseball, but I love to watch. I know the history of the game. And, and he was a big part of that. My, my favorites at that time, when I became aware, which is around 1972, I guess it was, it was Tom Seaver, Yogi Berra, and Willie Mays. They were all on the Mets at the time. The Mets were going to the World Series in 1973. I think they backed into it. I think they had a record of like 82 and 79, something ridiculous like that. But to a 12-year-old kid or an eight-year-old kid, whatever it was, that was a big thing. Uh, they, they were going to the World Series. It was awesome. And Tom Seaver was the dude. He really, really was. I mean, think about it a minute, Mike. I think there was one season 1966 or 67 or something, the Mets always had a terrible team. And one year they went 41 and like 125 or something, whatever it was. And Seaver had won 20 of those games. I mean, it's, it was amazing when he pitched, they won. And it really is sad. I mean, I know he's, he's 75, but as I get closer to 60, 75 isn't all that old, you know, and uh, I, I was just sorry to see him go. You know, he was a really great pitcher and he seemed like a pretty good guy. Well, you know, you and I had our pre-production meeting yes. uh, earlier today where we talked to each other about some of the things we wanted to talk about. And, you know, my, my Tom Seaver recollection is when he was on the White Sox. In fact, he was on the White Sox when he got his 300th win. Uh, and I remember, I could be wrong, but I remember being at Comiskey Park and watching Tom Seaver. I think my dad and I would go to games and he, you know, he was a pitcher with the White Sox at that particular time. Um, but when I heard him being talked about today, I've, I haven't heard the word hero mentioned as much as I have when talking about Tom Seaver. And you even mentioned, you even used that word, that he was a baseball hero. And you went to your past and talking about when you were coming of age to watch baseball and remember it, that he was one of the first greats that you remember being a fan of. But I, like I said, I, I never, hero was the word that was used quite a bit when talking about him. And I know that he had been pulled back from activities uh, recently. I think the, uh, the dementia had, had, had taken more control and they, I, I don't think they wanted to have him out in the public because I, I think that there was a perception issue that his family was fully aware of with him. And they, and they didn't want to tarnish, I guess, what people knew of Tom Seaver and what, what he was. But he, he certainly was, was, was one of the greats and played for quite a few fan franchises, not just the Mets, but the Reds and the White Sox and the Red Sox. Uh, but her, certainly his his best years were were in New York. Sure. I remember when uh, they didn't protect him and the Cincinnati Reds claimed him. I think it was 1976, I guess it was. And New York was in an uproar. I mean, we were like, how could they let Tom Seaver go? The team stinks. He's the only guy that we have. And you let him go. And the Mets front office was like, well, you know, we didn't protect him because we, we didn't think that anybody would take him because you know, he's a New York Met. He's, he's a New York Met. Great. Shut up. I mean, he was unprotected. Of course they yeah. were going to claim him, you know, but he, he ended up coming back for a couple of years and, and uh, 
he was just a class act. He really, really was. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you think about uh, the greats of baseball, when, when you're dealing with pitchers, starting pitchers, they only play every fifth game. So when you think about that year that the Mets only won 40 games and he won 20 of them, think about being a family that wanted to go watch a game for the Mets. Sure. You had to look ahead at the schedule and that's the game you wanted to go to because they were losing every other game. You wanted to go to a game that Tom Seaver was pitching uh, for sure. He, he wasn't a position player. So you'd go and that person would be uh, in right field or whatever, but you had to try and coordinate how you were going to go uh, with it. But you, you know, you would mention that COVID was a contributing factor. Um, did you hear that the rock and his whole family just yeah. tested positive? Yeah for the coronavirus. Now he, he put out a, a, a video message that said that they're on the other side of it, that the whole family, him, his wife and his two young children, I think they're four and two are the ages of the kids. I think if I saw that right. Yeah, you're right. Um, but they're all okay. They're all, ex they've all, they're no longer contagious. They've moved past it. Um, but that's a scary situation when you think about a whole household of people being diagnosed with it. Uh, and we're still in this. I mean, as children are back in school, uh, more schools in Connecticut, uh, you know, in, in classroom learning or distance learning, they've all, you know, whatever have started. Uh, it's, uh, it's a concerning thing as you send your children back to school. Are they going to, what, what are they going to come home with uh, other than an education? And that's, that's the concern that a lot of parents have. That is, it is a concern. An another uh, a guy who's got COVID-19, I don't know if his name means anything anymore is uh, Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito is one of the original Four Seasons, which featured Frankie Valli. Mm. Uh, he's very sick right now with, with COVID-19, and uh, he's 92 years old. Mm. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's a rough one, too. But uh, for me, anyway, because I'm, I'm a big Four Seasons fan, a big music fan, and Tommy DeVito was one of the guys uh, that put that group together some 65 years ago or whatever it was. Well, yeah. when you start talking about 92 year olds, that's where COVID really, yes, you know, really, really takes hold. Yes. Um, you know, we want to say thank you to everybody who has made this a part of their week. You know, so many people have sort of planned their week according and every Thursday night or Friday morning are tuning in to Tony and Mike's next adventure. Uh, and what we were told that 15,000 views our last episode had that and is Steve at doing a local is saying is that that fills up the arena. Yes. So yes. think about us doing our show, which, first of all, I wouldn't be able to go out on stage. Tony has that in-person ability where he he shines in public. We, we always had this thing at the radio station where if there were things that we had to do in person, I always would. Tony, you, you go out and do it. I, I'm great talking to a computer screen. I'm All I'm looking at is Tony. I was okay in the radio studio where I was staring at a wall or a computer screen. But when I get out in public, I get nervous. I get a little shaky. I'm not the biggest fan of doing those types of things. So Tony would. So if we actually did do this at the arena one day and all 15,000 people were there watching us, it would be Tony and then you'd see the computer screen and their, their, their mic would be. Believe me, believe me, many times my knees were knocking when, when you're in front of people. But uh, yeah, I know. Well, I, I mean, you never showed it, though. You always just 
grabbed the microphone and went out and said, Hey everybody, you know, what's, what, what's going on. I mean, even the tree lightings, I was, I was nervous. Yes. The tree lightings. Yes. I mean, just that's, I'm not a, I'm not an in-person and you people are like, well, how can you do radio? You talk to one person in radio. That's it. That's yeah. you talk to the microphone. That's, that's, sure. that's all you do. So. Sure. Sure. And believe me, there's no danger of us going to the arena. The only way we would get to the arena is if we were selling popcorn and uh, cracker Jack. Yeah. We could practice that. Hot dogs, hot dogs. Get your peanuts here. There you go. Get your peanuts. And we'd have to do it in an accent, of course. But so thank you to all 15,000 of you that watched last week. But we do have a big question for you. Okay. We do have a big question. And we'd like for you to comment as you're watching it. The way that this Facebook Live fancy schmancy stuff works is that you can comment as the show is going along. So then when I wake up the next morning and watch it, I can see you making fun of us as we're talking or correcting the things that we're saying or telling us that you no longer are listening or saying complimentary things as the show goes on. We can watch and comment as the show's going on, but we want to know something. What time is best to release the newest episode of Tony and Mike's Next Adventure? Right now, we do it Thursday night at nine o'clock. Is that good? Comment now. Do you want to see it in the morning? Try and give us a specific time. A lot of people say, I just watch it when I can. You guys do whatever's easiest for you. We don't, it, 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 we want to know what the most amount of people will enjoy as a live release to watch it. If nine o'clock is too late, let us know. Is seven o'clock better? Eight o'clock? Is the next morning at eight o'clock in the morning better? How? How would you like to hear, or how would you like it to be released? Because we'd like to have as many people tune in at that release time as possible because it looks better. It's easier to market, all these types of things. So please comment now what time of day is best for you to, you know, mark out a half hour to an hour, whatever Tony and I have in the tank that day, just kind of let us know because we'll, we'll certainly accommodate uh, the, the most popular answer, I guess you could say, as to when, when we release it. Because we'd really like to have as many people there when the show premieres, I guess you could say, uh, as possible. So please comment. As you're watching, just comment a time. Uh, and if Thursday doesn't work, is Friday better? How, how do you want to work it? Because we were a morning duo, uh, and a lot of the people who are watching us, what listen to us on the radio in the morning would the morning be better than for release time because you can have it on your phone and have it connected to your car speakers and have it played like you you used to listen to us uh when we were on the radio so please comment right now i i, I want to see all sorts of different times and days don't say whatever you guys want whatever time you think you could put aside to sit down and listen or watch the show uh let us know please all right. Sounds good. Do it now. Comment. Do it right now. All right. Okay. A uh, couple of other things I wanted to hit just, you know, before we uh, run out of time here, what do you think about Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done and getting caught on video while all of this pandemic stuff is going on? And then at the end of it, I'm, I'm watching it instead of owning it and saying, okay, all right. right. Her I reaction think, is the story. I think. Say that again. I think her reaction is the story. Well, I was set up. Uh, 
yeah. you know, just own it. Just own it. You, you, you screwed up and just own it. What, what do you think? Uh, listen, I mean, I, I still have not gone to a hair salon to get a haircut. No. And I'm not wearing a hat because my hair is a mess. I'm wearing a hat because when I decided to wear a hat, the White Sox were in first place at the time. They are no longer in first place because they've lost a couple of games. But, you know, Tom Seaver, this is my, you know, my right. tribute and stuff. To, That'll to get him back in first place. Okay. Oh, yeah. But, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, I mean, you're a public figure. Uh, you're, you're arguing for extra money for individuals who are affected by this pandemic. We want to believe as taxpayers and as voters that the people we're voting for are spending every waking minute figuring out how to get this country past this. Okay, that's what we want. Now, the realistic side of things are we realize that you have to, it's not all the show 24. Jack Bauer isn't doing things all 24 hours. We do realize you need to go to the bathroom. You need to eat. You need to sleep. You need to do these things. But don't go to a hair salon where anybody can catch you and then own it. I mean, how better of an answer would it have been as being like, you got me. All right. I went to get my hair done. You got me. Exactly. Next question. Exactly. I, uh, I, it's a setup. I'm going to be talking to that salon. I yeah. thought I had friends. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it just didn't flush. If, if, if you ask me. It did, All right. It, it, Another it, thing that's not flushing. Uh, did you see that vandals defaced Elvis Presley's Graceland? They spray painted uh, black lives matter, defund the police, abolish ice all on a wall surrounding uh, Graceland in Tennessee. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, all of you this. You think that's a shot at Elvis because of rock and roll? I, I don't know what this is. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong. And if I am wrong, I know that people are going to comment underneath us uh, right now. But I don't ever remember Elvis Presley saying anything racist or doing anything racist. I don't know. I mean, I've read a lot of stuff on Elvis Presley, and if I'm wrong, please tell me. But why, why attack? Graceland, why attack Elvis Presley? I, I don't I don't get it. Is this because it's a big stage and and yeah, yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah, that, that, I mean if you if you vandalize a gas station up the street, you're not gonna get as much notoriety as if you actually deface Graceland. You're you're going to get on CNN, you're going to get on the big networks if you do something like that. I don't know. I mean I know when they talk about the history of rock and roll, I know that there's a lot of talk about Elvis Presley getting a lot of credit where in fact it should have gone to black artists as opposed to Elvis Presley. I don't know if that meaning is behind it or if it's just a matter of, Hey, let's just climb this and let's just, uh, let's just deface this big house here. I, I don't know. I mean, well, you know, Graceland, you, it's right on the main road. I mean, oh, sure. It's not like you, you've got to drive a couple of miles to get to it into the country. It is right there. It's surrounded yeah. by McDonald's, surrounded by gas stations and and uh, all of that. It, it's it's right there and easy to get to. So. so I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask those individuals, but I don't know if it's a, the tie into rock and roll and Elvis getting a lot of credit where some people feel that he didn't necessarily deserve the credit that he got when it comes to starting rock and roll? I don't know. I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Or as you said, hey, listen, if we deface Graceland, we're going to be famous. Yeah, uh, that, well, you're going to get that, the word out. That's for sure. Yeah, that that's for sure. That's for I agree. Sure. Um, 
you and I do this Zoom meetings, and this is all people see right here. Okay, you get you get Tony, and you got me. This is as much as we're willing to show you of ourselves. Did you see that this has even started a trend? Target, which is a big retail outlet, obviously, is promoting waist up styles for working from home. They're called video conference outfits and include things like shirts, jewelry, hair accessories, and lipstick, but no pants. <laughs> so it's kind of like the news anchor, you know? I remember growing up in Chicago, uh, Mark Giangreco was a, was a big sports broadcaster in Chicago. And sometimes they would get a camera angle from the side and you could see that he was wearing shorts and whatever, but he had all the, you know, business in the front party down below. And you could see the shorts. Sometimes you'd see him with a cigarette underneath, you know, all that kind of stuff, just based on the camera angle. But Target has come up with actual outfits that are based just for video conferencing. I mean, that that's where we've come. That's, that's where we're at right now, where nobody needs to look at your mouth because you're wearing a mask. And now we don't need to wear pants anymore. So Tony and I have decided we're not going to wear pants anymore when we do this. Why? I'm not wearing pants right now. I'm ahead of my time. I'm not I didn't know it was so drafty in here. <laughs> oh, Mike, if there's a buck to be made, they will make the money. That's that's for sure. Um, I got, uh, honey, you in the room? Are we, we going to do Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, let, let me, while you're uh, positioning your, your, your wife. Well, she wants to be off camera, but she's got to be close. Why? She, she actually looks really nice today. Oh, I saw her walk past. Look you look great. You're, at, you're on camera, Chris. Look, look how beautiful she is. I love her so much. I can't stand it. Looks fantastic. All right, let me let me just quickly, while you guys get ready. Uh, the, what was it? Surf and turf? Surf and turf was the word. Surf and turf was the word. Uh, not grease, but surf and turf was the word uh, last week. So I want to say thank you to uh, Sharon. Uh, Patricia, Julie, Paula, Mary, D, Julie, Lisa, Tricia, D, Annette, Kat, Richard and Peggy, Lori, David, Gill, Sharon, Dorothy, Wheeler, Donna, Carol, Celeste, Charlie, Nancy, Allison, Ida, and Diana, who all mentioned surf and turf uh, in their comments. But Very nice. the wonderful Christy has now joined us for uh, Tony and Mike's new, uh, next, was it next new adventure? I don't, I don't know. know. I call it new adventure. Then the next week it's next adventure. Yeah. It starts with an N, whatever it is, yeah, whatever. but, uh, they, they announced the, um, the cast for dancing with the stars. All right, let's hear it. Oh, you're going to, I thought you were going to do it. No, I don't have it. Okay. Oh, no, I have it. I have it. I just, he sounded like he, he had it in front of him. Okay. So dancing with the stars, we mentioned a few of the rumors before, but now they've actually finalized the list. A.J. McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Oh, excellent. Okay. That's a good one. See, some people have said you shouldn't have the the, the, the boy bands because yeah. they dance. I mean, yes. they have kind of a kind of an expertise. Or, or, or the skaters, for that matter. Here we go. Second yeah. one, skater, Olympic figure skater, Johnny Weir. Okay. Okay. Johnny Weir course. is very flamboyant. I saw him on a lot of the broadcasts for the Olympic Games. He, he's going to be... I'm going to, you know, sound old here, but he's going to be a hoot. Yes, he's, he's very funny. Yeah. Yes, yes, he is very funny. Uh, actress Justina Machado from One Day at a Time. Oh, that's the reboot of uh, One Day at a Time. That's the, I think that's on Netflix. That's the reboot. Okay, so if there's a D-list actors, yes. what are you if you're on a reboot of a D-list show, like One Day at a Time? I mean, I get 
one day at a time had its couple of yeah. weeks that were funny but right if you're on the reboot of that and you're on dancing with the stars i mean is there a letter that even covers it? <laughs> it's like son i got tickets to the game oh what row are we in zz yeah not just z but we're in zz but you're there <laughs> uh rapper nelly I've, I've never heard of I've heard of him, but I wouldn't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think that one would hit. Uh, stylist Jeannie Mai or Maui from yeah. How Do I Look and the Real. Stylist, what is that like a, a barber or a, a beautician? What, what is that? Or a fashionista, sure. a stylist is like the clothes or something. Yeah, yeah, I would assume well, it's a fashionista. Fashionista, like wow, that that's is that the word? Are we going to go with fashionista for our word today? All right. Uh, Cheerleading coach Monica Eldama from Cheer. No, I do. See, I don't like when I don't know any of. I already eliminate them. They get the boo. Okay, eighteen-year-old uh, actress and YouTuber Sky Jackson. No idea. Nope. See, my nieces would be all over this because they watch YouTube all the time. Okay. Uh, I, I don't. Chriselle Strauss from Netflix Selling Sunset. No, I have no idea. I guess that's a real estate they show. Get filed under you. We're going to use you for unknowns. Okay. Right. All right. You like nice. that? Look at this. Yeah. Well, we can tell who the brains behind the show is. Yeah. It's obviously Christy. Uh, uh, actress, here you go. Jesse Metcalf from Desperate Housewives. You remember who he, he was? The, the young gardener. Oh, was with, okay. um, yeah. I remember. He's, he's, he's hunky. He's yeah, as long as they're hunky, then they're, they, they are good. He's a, dream, he's a dreamboat. Is that is that what you? Yes, saying? he he he's he's a very attractive man. He's yes. Dreamy. Okay. But I haven't seen him in a long time. I think was so he, in the, he might not be a dreamboat any longer. Was he in the Dallas reboot? I think he might have been. And then when remember they rebooted Dallas. You're scaring me, Mike. The Dallas reboot. You remember all this? You're scaring I me. I watched it. Well, he was in it, wasn't he? Supposed to be in it, and then he died. The the main guy, J.R. Ewing. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Caitlin Bristow from The Bachelorette. No. Nope. You, file in or do you? You. Okay. Uh, former NFL tight end Vernon Davis. Now, he's a little eccentric, too, so he might actually be fun. But the NFL the athletes players usually are do great, great on the show. I okay. like them. Uh, actress Anne Heche. They did get Anne Heche. Oh, oh they did. Mm -hmm. Wow. Can you say has been? Well, I think she's saying it now. I think <laughs> she's probably talking to her agent like, are you, are you kidding me with this? Yeah. Uh, former NBA player for our New York fans, Charles Oakley. Oh, wow, that's big. That is big. Basketball uh, players don't do so well because they're so tall. It's like gawky, you know. Like, you yeah, know. Oh, I could see that, sure. Yeah. Uh, Nev Shulman from Catfish. No. And they, got, and they got Carol Baskin from the Tiger King. They got her. They did. Remember, she's the one who's rumored to have fed her husband to the Tigers. To the Tigers. Okay. Wow. And remember, Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews, both no longer with the show. It's Tyra Banks. Right. No, so Charlie Sheen's not on it, Mike? Nope. Wow. Nope. How do you well, feel it. about how do you feel about Tyra Banks? You I liked I liked Tom Bergeron. I liked him. He was funny. He was good. I remember watching Tyra Banks. She had that TV show, that talk show a long time ago, and I wasn't crazy about it. So I don't know. But I liked I liked Tom Bergeron. So we'll see. Okay. All right. Yeah, I see. I thought Tom Bergeron was like a poor man's Regis Philbin. 
He kind of yeah. like was, but I thought he was good. I yeah. thought he did. I liked him. Yeah. I thought he was good. Okay. I always root for guys that are in their 60s and they're still working. I always root for that. But he is no longer working. Well, he was working up until about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. So you and Tom Bergeron are two peas in a pot. Absolutely. I'm meeting him for coffee right after the show. <laughs> All right. So did you see this? Um, first off, both of you, do you prefer to text or call? Text. Text. Okay. And are both of you on the high side of 55? On the other side of 55? Uh, yes. yes. Yes, we are, Mike. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, yes. According to a new survey, the overwhelming majority of people would rather have you text them than call them. The only exception is people over 55. 72% of people under 39 would rather text. I'm surprised that's not 100%. And so would 61% of people 40 to 54. That's me. For people over 55, 35% prefer a text. 49% prefer a call. When I call Mike, if, if him and I get on the phone together, okay, and I got to tell you, I mean, I really don't enjoy being on the phone, but when I talk to Mike, I enjoy it because we, we laugh a lot or whatever. We joke around a lot, and, and it, it's always a feel-good phone call. The, the only thing is, he wants to get off the phone right away. Now, we were talking just before we went on the air, like maybe 45 minutes before, and Mike is like, he's got this signal. When he's had enough, he goes like this. All right. In other words, I'm done with you. And I do this to everybody. Everybody hates it. But if I want to stay on the phone, I'm always like, no, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Just one more second. I got to tell you this. Got to tell you that. But like Mike is like, after, after like three minutes, you're like, no, okay. All yeah, right. You do that. You do that to people. I call it, he dismisses people. Like he could be talking and then I know when he's done because now he totally dismisses them. Yeah, he becomes King Tony. He becomes King Tony. Pawns him off onto me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if and if he could if he could open the floor and have you fall into it, that's what he would do. Yes, but see, it's but it's not okay when I do it because you know whatever. Right. But I mean, I do it to my family too, Tony. I mean, it's whenever we're FaceTiming and there's any pause in the conversation, that's why like my sister and my mom, they just keep the conversation going. They go from one thing to the next. Cause once that silent part happens, you're out. All right. Well, we're out of there. That's yeah, but, it. I, I, you I've told me it. that those FaceTimes with your family, they're like four and five hours long. I mean, you've actually walked out, went to the store, got a hamburger, came home, <laughs> cleaned the house and there's still, talking on, on the FaceTime. Am I right or wrong? There have been times where we've exceeded three hours. My wow. God, my God, man. I mean, how so much- you see where you, So you see where I'm coming from. You feel I, I, my pain. <laughs> you understand the all rights, why I have to do the all rights. Okay, I have to. Because once the all right starts, that puts the clock on for an hour. Okay, when I do the all right, doesn't mean that I'm off. That means like, we're, we've got about an hour left right. in the conversation. Right, right. Well, it's the same thing. My wife and I, if, if we go someplace, my, my wife will start. Are you ready, Tone? I'm ready. Half hour later. Are you ready, Tone? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Half hour later. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. But she's still talking. That's okay. because he's not getting up to go to the okay. door. Then I get up, I put on my coat and everything. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. 
you know, I says, you know, then towards the end. And then you're at the door and she says, stop rushing me. All right, exactly. Then, then I get a little irritated and I'm like, come on, are we going to go or what? Then we get in the car. You know something? You're terrible. And, and I'm terrible. I wanted to go an hour ago. For God's sakes, you gave me the let's goes. You're rude. You know, and we can we text when we visit people, too? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. All right. Now, I don't know what you guys did. I, I can't imagine the, the, the Renos having any part of camping. No. No bugs. No. We're not outdoors. No. We just sit on the deck for an hour. No, we don't do that. And God forbid if a bee, a bee, if, uh, if a bee flies by, forget it. She makes a beeline for the door and it's finished. Yeah. That's it. All right. So when I was a kid, we'd go camping all the time. My okay. dad would take us camping. We would always go to Fremont, Wisconsin, is where we would go, to Jellystone Park, where they had, you know, Boo Boo and Yogi Bear, okay? So they had the whole shebang. Now, when I was camping, they had tents. We graduated to a pop-up camper that my dad would only set up in the dry and take down in the dry because he'd get very frustrated if he had to set it up in the rain or put it down in the rain because, God forbid, that nylon got wet, and then you put it in the little pop-up camper. Well, now my dad camps, air conditioning. I, there might I don't know if there's a satellite dish on the top of it. There might be okay. for him to get, you know, satellite and all that kind of stuff. But camping has taken a change for the better for people who didn't used to like camping. The most common tech-related things that people do while camping now, they use their phone to check the weather, Okay. They Google stuff to do in the area. They read the news. They post photos on social media. They watch Tony and Mike's next adventure. They use GPS to go on hikes. They stream music on their iPhone or their iPad. They listen to the radio on their phone. They play video games. This must have been, this is outdated, this listening to the radio, because that would have been like a year ago, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. They play video games. Uh -huh. They stream movies to watch together. They order food. They order food for the campsite and somebody will come deliver it to the campsite. Instead of roughing it and cooking burgers on the grill or s'mores on the fire, people are getting like outback restaurant delivered to them at the campsite. Aren't you supposed to fish and, and then fry the fish there on the fire? See, this is your perception of camping. Yeah. That's yeah, that's what we would that's what we did. Right. But I also remember one time, and dad, if you're watching this, I know you remember, he wanted to cook a whole chicken. It was just my dad and I. We were camping. He wanted to cook a whole chicken. So he put it on the grill. Now, whole chicken on the grill. Mm, I don't know many people that can cook a whole chicken on the grill. He tried cutting it apart. He got so frustrated, he said, forget it. We're going to get Burger King. So we ended up going to get Burger King that night. So he tried to cook the whole chicken. Didn't work out. He got frustrated. Yeah. So we got a Whopper instead. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but so people who are camping nowadays have brought tech world into them. I think there is also a large group of people that go camping to escape all the technology. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I would think so. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. Uh, coronavirus still here with us. Uh, you know, people are actually making plans for a Zoom Thanksgiving. 
Okay. That's the story with that. Public health experts say that uh, factors like schools reopening, cold weather, holiday travel, and fatigue over social distancing and masks will make the person uh, kind of have anxiety over Thanksgiving. So now they're saying a lot of folks are going to do, I guess, what we're doing right here, eating your cranberry sauce here in front of the computer. But see, you can't do the classic, all right, now you cook the turkey, you bring the sweet potatoes, you do this, you've got to, everybody has to cook their own full meal in order to have a Zoom Thanksgiving. Like, I, I, I don't want to be the guy who gets stuck with the cranberry sauce when Uncle Earl has the turkey. You know what I mean? It's like right. we all have to cook our complete full meals. But Tony, think about how many in-law situations are better off because they no longer. <laughs> Very true. Very true, Mike. Very true. <laughs> do what we do. We we get takeout from Boston Market. It's beautiful. No, we don't. I cook a full meal. <laughs> all right. Oh, she's still there. All right. I'm only kidding. I didn't think you were still here in the room. Did, did you ever see the movie Up? You no. mentioned Ed Asner earlier today. Mm -hmm. Um when we were having our pre-production meeting. Yes. Did you, did you, you never saw the movie Up? The, no. uh, I think it's Pixar, the Pixar movie Up. Well, it's about a guy who meets a woman. They grow old together. She passes away. And one of the adventures that they wanted to go on was to live in this area that has like a creek mm -hmm. in, in the mountains. So kind of the, on a cliff or whatever. So he does what anybody would do and hook his home up to a whole bunch of helium balloons that fly his house halfway across the world where he can put the house there in that area. Only Pixar could come up with an idea like this. But did you see David Blaine did this? He, he the illusionist floated over the Arizona desert on Wednesday by holding on to about 50 helium balloons. He called it Ascension, Ascension, uh, he said that um, he said it was awesome. His initial goal was to reach an altitude of about 18,000 feet. He ended up floating 24,900 feet or about 4.7 miles before skydiving and parachuting back to the ground. Can you believe that? Uh, well, he's he's done a lot of wanky things over the years. I mean, didn't they? It, it, wasn't he in Manhattan it, where on the sidewalk? And they, they buried him in this sidewalk, but it was clear and you could walk right over him. Like he was he in ice. I think they put him in ice. ice. Or something I, I can't remember, but he does a lot of wanky things. My thing is for a while, they were calling him a, a magician. They were a, a, an illusionist. How is he an illusionist? I mean, he's holding on to a, to me, an illusionist was when, uh, who was that guy who made the empire state building disappear? What Copperfield? Copperfield. I mean, that, that was. Who's been nicknamed Copperfield. Uh, what? He's been nicknamed Copperfield, didn't he? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know, Mike. I don't know. Oh, you don't know anything about that? We'll, okay. we'll edit that out for the West Coast feed. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's like uh, he's he's one wacky dude, man. I hope he gets a lot of money for all of this. Well, isn't he the one that would like, he would levitate like on the sidewalk? Is that like, him? He had, a, he had a thing where like people would come up, he would just kind of do targe and everything was like this. I just want you to have a card. I mean, that was this whole shtick. Like, it was all like, yeah, it's, you just want to And then he'd like float, and everybody like, oh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And now he's. How did he talk? I just want a card and just pick a card. Like, he was, 
he was either high or he just couldn't be bothered or I mean just I mean dude you're in a special that's named after you you could put a little effort instead yeah. of this oh, he owns one car I don't know 40 million people are watching them yeah 40 million people unbelievable unbelievable um I was thinking about you this week uh, because we lost uh Chadwick Boseman over the uh over the past week which was a shock because I didn't even know he was sick. Did you know that he was sick? The only the only reason I thought he was sick is that there were pictures that surfaced of him very skinny. He had lost a lot of weight. And of course, you know, the naysayers were were chomping at the bit, you know, about losing weight and all this kind of stuff. But he just didn't look healthy. He didn't look healthy at all. But I didn't think it was colon cancer, right? It was yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't know it was that he was that gravely ill. I didn't know. I, I had no idea. That was, that was a shock. And uh, of course we're talking about the black Panther. He was in 42. He played Jackie Robinson. He played uh, James Brown. He played uh, Thoroughgood Marshall. I mean, he made a ton of great movies. And uh, then just all of a sudden out of the blue, uh, this comes over the news. But the thing that struck me about him was that even when he was very, very, very sick, he was still visiting children with cancer in the hospital. I, I thought that that was amazing. I, I really did. That, that as the Black Panther or like, yeah, as. No, well, as himself, but they all, oh. the kids knew who he was. Right. You right. know, and, and it, it just amazed me. I was like, look at this guy. I mean, he's got every reason in the world to just say screw it to everything. And, and he was still thinking about the kids. I, I, I just thought that was great. But again, we go back to my uh, uh, original thing. Well, actually, my wife was the one who said this first. You can't have it all. You, you Somewhere along the line, something falls apart. And who had it better than this guy? And all of a sudden, pow, you know? So yeah, no, it's very sad. And as you said, there, there are some really good people out there. There, there really are. Uh, we always said this on the radio, people who decide to go to the military. I mean, they just have a, they have a thing inside of them that I, I never had of complete sacrifice um, for country, you know, and it's just an amazing thing. And here you have somebody who has it all. He, he could have easily bought himself a shelter where nobody could ever see him the best medical care in the world. And I'm not saying that he, he didn't have all the best medical care possible, but he decided to take his free time and who knew if he knew that the end was near? I'm sure he probably was told by a doctor that that he only had a certain amount of time left and it wasn't something that was made public. But he decided to take that time to visit kids with cancer and to give them hope and to give them a thrill, you know, to see the Black Panther there or, or whatever character uh, he was or just himself. But yeah, I mean, there there are some good people. And it's a very sad story to, to see him at such a young age. Uh, die of colon cancer. And it's one of those messages where, you know, colon cancer is one of those cancers that is very curable, very curable. And it has a lot to do with detection. And it's one of those tests that, that, that men and women are just, I think, misinformed about. I'm not saying that we need to see a commercial in the middle of Dancing with the Stars of a colonoscopy and, and what the real things are of it. But I think it's a it's a real big miscommunication as to what that test is. Uh, but he was under the age of 40. somebody who would be 
Yeah, he, he's under the age of where they would start yeah. giving him colonoscopies. All well, time. you know, what, they're saying that it's attacking young people more and more and more. I mean, uh, what, what's the rule? Uh, I don't even, that's might even have changed, but the rule always was when you're 50, you've got to go and get your colonoscopy every five years. You know, I'm guilty of letting- Unless you have family, like if there's family history, then they yes. might, because I, I told you the story of, when I was at the doctor, I think when I turned 40 and the appointment finished and, and I was sweating this appointment. I was sweating the 40 appointment because I thought that they were going to do a prostate exam. So, you know, I, I, I was just very nervous for the appointment. And so she finishes the appointment. She goes, okay, do you have any questions for me? And I said, I don't get a prostate exam. And she turned, she goes, do you want a prostate exam? And I said, well, no. And she said, no, we don't. Now it's more towards unless there's family history. We usually wait a little bit later and all these types of things. So I felt, oh, okay, that's great. I don't have to worry about that then for a little while. And then my, I got on the phone with my dad and my dad said, well, you know, there is some family history that you probably should tell the doctor about. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want to hear. I don't want to go back. But it's one of those things where, what would you rather have? Uncomfortableness for a minute, you know, 30 seconds or cancer that takes you away from this world. And I'm not saying that that's what happened with uh, the chat. We, that, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's, those are tests that for a prostate exam men, but colonoscopies for men and women who, you know, they, they really, they have an image in their mind of what this test is. Right. And well, it's the last thing that they want to do. You'd be surprised how many people, uh, two of them come to mind. I'm not going to mention any names, but I know two people. They're deathly afraid of it. They, they won't do it. And they, they have the attitude of, I'll take my chances. Um, I went and I had it. What, what was it? I was about 52 at the time, 53. I, I went and I, I, I'll be honest with you. I was nervous as hell, but uh, it was over before you knew it. I mean, you, you had no idea what was going on. Uh, you were out for about 10 minutes. I'll tell you right now, it's the best sleep that you're ever going to get. And at the end of it, they give you raisin toast. So I, I was very Well, proud. I don't like raisin toast. See, I love it. You don't well, like now it? No, def I'm definitely not getting the exam. If that's if that's the trophy at the end, raisin toast. Can, I guess you can get you an can't egg. Get you can't get chocolate chip. What? You can't get chocolate chip? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they'll do it. But it was it was fine. Okay. All right. So, so rank them. You've had... The coronavirus test? Yes. You've had a colonoscopy mm -hmm. and you've had a prostate exam. I haven't had a prostate exam. Okay. So you've had the, 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 or, so which one is more uncomfortable, the coronavirus test or the colonoscopy? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, the, the uh, uh, coronavirus test, that was a little uncomfortable. It wasn't horrible, but it was a little uncomfortable where you were like, mm -hmm. but it, it, it was. Wait, hold funny. on. What were you like? What were you like? Mm -hmm. It was fine. I mean, that that it, that was quick. The colonoscopy was. You were was, out. Didn't even know what's going on. Did I have the prostate exam? Yes. I did have it. How did I forget that? Okay. Moon River. You don't remember the prostate exam? How can <laughs> I now? I would. I would think that that would just see. That's what I. I don't know. Would you rather have a prostate exam by somebody you know or somebody you don't know? Well. It, it, I, it's going to be done by your doctor. I wouldn't want you doing it to me. 
Why can't I just say, hey, listen, just grab that guy in the hallway. Have him do it. I'm never going to see him again. I got to come back to you after you've seen the seen my uh, rearview blinker? I mean, come on. I bought my doctor flowers after it was all over. So, What? Yeah. All right. All right. So are we doing bad decisions here? Let's what do it. Doing? You ready? There we go. Okay. He's a friend of you and me. He's a friend of you and me. Bad decisions, bad decisions. Mike Bellamy is here for you and me. All right. Now, these were always my favorite bad decisions. These would pop up occasionally. But this type of theme, I always found these to be so hilarious. A 22-year-old guy named Nicholas Mark from Pennsylvania went to a pizza shop last week and applied for a job. And when he was done filling out the job application, he grabbed the tip jar, which had about $220 inside of it, and ran outside. An employee named Wilmer Chinchilla. That's the, that's, wasn't that the guy in that 70s show? I think so. (laughs) Wilmer Chinchilla took off after him, but Nicholas pulled out a knife. So Wilmer, he backed off. But because Nicholas had just applied for a job and used his real information, the staff had his name, his address, and all the other other contact information was all sent to the police. Plus, good old St. Nick left his backpack behind with a bunch of drug paraphernalia inside. So he goes to a pizza job interview with drugs, steals the tip jar, and leaves all of his personal information. Police tracked down Nick, arrested him for robbery, theft, assault, possession of drugs, and more. All in the day's work. That's that's amazing. What an idiot. What an idiot. Good gosh. At least give a fake name. Usually phone number with one digit off. Come on. Yeah, and at least. Jeez. At the very least. Okay, so what word are we going with this week? This week we're going with SpaghettiOs. SpaghettiOs? Yes, that's what we're going with. One of my favorite, one of my favorite meals. Now, do you eat it with the the Franks in it? SpaghettiOs and Franks? Listen, don't ever mention SpaghettiOs with Franks again. Just straight SpaghettiOs? It's one of the biggest, no, meatballs. You eat the meatballs? Okay. But SpaghettiOs with Franks is one of the biggest mistakes the food industry has ever, ever made in the world, Okay. Okay. And anybody who likes to have the lopped off thumbs in their SpaghettiOs, you're dead to me. I, I, I'm sorry, but the Franks are like eating tires off Matchbox cars. I mean, that's just what they tasted like. So it's just SpaghettiOs with meatballs. And Tony, I used to eat like a half a loaf of bread with it. I would just dip it into the SpaghettiOs because my goal was to just have the noodles and the meatballs. I didn't want all the soup. Sure. Did you warm it up? Because I, I used to open it up and just eat it with a spoon. And that's reason number 6,428 that you're under a doctor's care. There you go. Uh, not to say that heating it made it any better. No, I actually, I used to actually cook it on the stovetop. Really? I actually heat it on the stovetop. And in fact, in fact, it was such a popular meal at my uh, house in sophomore year of college that I almost ended a friendship over the last can of SpaghettiOs in the house. Wow. My friend Brian and I, and if Brian's watching this, you know the story. There was one can of SpaghettiO left and we almost, it almost came to blows over the last can of SpaghettiOs. We were My so bad. upset at each other about it. I had no idea you took your SpaghettiOs so seriously. 
Yes, I do. Right. SpaghettiOs with meatballs. Of course. Of course. All right. Are we done here? Yeah, that's it. Uh, we're going to call it a show. Uh, yeah, so once again, comment, when do you want this to premiere? You can watch it anytime after it's premiere time, obviously, but we want as many people to watch at that time as possible. So we can kind of get a good accurate reading as to who the heck likes this stuff. So, you know, please comment what time would be best. You want it in the morning, night, midday, whatever. Uh, let us know and we'll see what we can do with that. All right. Sounds good. All right, Mike, I'll talk to you next week. Take it easy, Tony. All right, take it easy. Bye.